Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with award-winning Chicago-based jazz bassist, composer, and band leader Ethan Filione. We caught up with him about his new 2023 CD called Gnosis. He is a graduate of Oberlin Conservatory and DePaul University who has been praised by the Washington Post for his well-honed chops and astounding musicality. And his debut album, Meditations on Mingus, was commended as a labor of conspicuous love and respect for a musical titan by Downbeat. He has performed with an extensive list of artists like Rufus Reed, Greg Ward, Dana Hall, and so many others. He's got a great story. Enjoy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to do it. So before we get into your brand new album, I want to know, you know, for the musicians in the world, living through the pandemic was quite a thing. How did you get through COVID and how did it change you now that things have reemerged? You got new material out, live shows are happening. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the uh, the downsides are well established uh, to not playing with people for a long time. Uh, I think that was the biggest challenge, especially right when the shutdown hit. You know, I think I went like three or four weeks without playing with anybody at all, uh, which was just very unusual, obviously. I think that's, that's by far the longest that that's happened since like probably like middle school. I don't, I don't even really know. Yeah. Um, uh, eventually a, a close friend of mine and I decided to kind of bubble together and get together and work on music that was important to us. And, uh, that ended up being really important for me staying, I think, sane during it and being motivated to work on new things. Um, but I do think the time kind of away from the routine of playing tons of gigs and running around to everything was in some ways helpful for clarifying where I wanted certain projects to go or what I kind of was hearing in my own playing that I wanted to expand on or maybe things in my playing that I actually wanted to kind of leave behind. Yeah. And so I did feel like when stuff started opening up again and you know it was possible to play with more people safely and stuff that there were new things in my playing that I was really happy with. And there were some things that I had been kind of trying to move on from that I like felt like I did leave behind, which was that was a, a real plus um, to it all. Yeah. Obviously not worth the general consequences, but. Right. So is this new album Gnosis, is this a byproduct of living through that pandemic? Talk to me about the artistic forces. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of like anything inevitably is a byproduct of that, even if it's not explicitly that. So yeah. a, a lot of those tunes I had written before the pandemic or in, had written in some capacity before the pandemic and had played with uh, Greg Ward, who's on the album, and Dana Hall, who's also on the album, in a trio setting. Yeah. And then during the like, kind of shutdown period, as I was kind of rethinking things, I just was, I just kept hearing Russ's voice on the music. And I was like, oh, I should just have Russ play on this music. That would be great when we come back. And so that kind of, that led to me reshaping a lot of the the songs and kind of thinking what do what do I actually want from this song now that I have the time to like really think about it and hear it every day without actually having any opportunity to do anything with it for the next couple of weeks or months or year? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think everything that is on that record kind of came out of that period um, because that's the only period we had, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a monopoly. So what are you hoping ultimately the listener gets from this album? Yeah, I hope. Uh, I hope that they feel uh, the kind of like improvisational interaction. I, I hope that comes across really clearly. I think what I love most about playing with that group is that 
everybody's an amazing listener and also everybody is real. I think like they, everybody has a distinct voice on their instrument. And so the interaction and the energy that, that can come out of that, I, I hope comes through on the album. And I hope that's satisfying to the listeners and um, that there are moments of excitement and also moments of kind of sorrow and joy. And I, I hope that all comes through. Yeah. So you're based in Chicago now. Take me back to the beginnings. How did this journey begin for you? Are you originally from Chicago? Yeah, I grew up outside of Chicago in uh, the suburb called Oak Park. Okay. And, and I went uh, to college at Oberlin in Ohio and ended up on the East Coast in uh, kind of the D.C. area for a couple of years and then made the decision that I wanted to be back in, in Chicago uh, so I live in Chicago now, and it's been really great. And all, all the musicians, so Greg and Dana both live in Chicago, and Russ lives in Milwaukee, but is in Chicago as much as basically any other Chicagoan. Yeah. Um, and all those people are are so important to my kind of like understanding of the scene, and uh, have been really great figures in terms of getting advice, um, being able to just play with them and learn from them, and so. That, that's for me a really meaningful part of having them on the album yeah who were early influences for you on bass specifically yeah. or kind of just yeah just, um, yeah and even in general yeah yeah definitely early on uh charles mingus was one of the first bassists and composers that i heard that kind of made me interested in jazz when i was in high school uh and then i also love listening to kind of all, all of your classic like ray brown sam jones uh, in high school, as I was kind of just getting into jazz, I was just so into both of their sounds and feels and grooves. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, and yeah, but Mingus, I think it was kind of like the through line to get into them and then also to get into more kind of avant-garde music as well, because um, he kind of spans both of those those areas. Yeah. So what about live shows? What was the first live show that blew you away? Yeah, I went uh, when I really, truly knew knew almost nothing. My dad just kind of happened. He was looking for a bass teacher for me. And he somehow got in touch with the bassist Larry Gray, who at the time was living in Chicago. Now he, he teaches and works at Illinois, University of Illinois in uh, Champaign-Urbana. And Larry was playing with uh, Ramsey Lewis's trio at the time. Yeah. And so we we went to see a show of theirs, and that was I think probably the first like jazz show that I that I can remember seeing. Yeah, and that just kind of totally floored me um, to see just yeah the interaction and the kind of joy that that music could bring people. Um, and I really at that time knew kind of nothing about the bass, and and Larry's a real virtuoso on the instrument, so that was also kind of like astounding to see. Yeah. So growing up in Chicago, was there a place that you would look at and say, man, I want to be on that stage someday, and you finally did get to be on that stage? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, I came to it kind of late, to be honest. So yeah. in high school, it was kind of just something that I did that I just really liked doing. Um, but it wasn't until like really senior year that I started getting plugged into some of the Chicago venues and actually interacting with people on a larger level, like in the Chicago scene, which I think is like so important. Yeah. Um, and was real eye-opening in terms of like, oh, I've just been doing this thing kind of with like my friends in school. And I was fortunate to have a great director who, even if it was kind of in some ways 
like any school is removed from the like actual jazz scene. He was teaching us really important things about vocabulary and the history of the tradition and things like that. But senior year, I started working with people at like the Jazz Institute of Chicago. And I started going out to places like the Jazz Showcase and Andy's Jazz Club. Uh, And so those, those spots were when I moved back and was playing there, that was always that, that's kind of a nice thing. It's nice to, I sometimes play with some of my teachers, uh, from when I was growing up. And that's always like a a nice experience for me. Yeah. So from an outside perspective, how would you explain the Chicago jazz scene in 2024? Yeah, I think it's, it's a really, I think it's a really amazing scene. There's such a wide variety of music that's happening on a nightly basis. There are so many great venues um, that provide again, a, a real diversity of music, I think. Uh, so Chicago has got obviously a long history of music. I think there are there are lots of little kind of subgenres like in any scene, like where there's you know there's a history of the free scene, there's a more straight ahead scene, there's kind of a more like modern contemporary scene. Um, but what I think about what I think is really nice about Chicago is that I have the ability, and lots of musicians here have the ability to play in different parts of the scene, and as a result. I think the music that you get combines elements from different areas and pockets where sometimes you would in other cities, you'd be kind of forced to be like, I'm just playing kind of in the straight ahead world or I'm just playing free. And there are so much of the music here contains elements of kind of all of the little aspects. It might be more in the avant-garde, but it's still going to draw oftentimes from, from other areas. Yeah. Um, and I think as a result, as a bassist and as somebody who loves playing a lot of different music, I feel really fortunate here to be able to one night play a totally improvised set. And then the next night play just standards with like a super swinging band and yeah. to have kind of no one think that that's unusual or weird. And, uh, to be around other people who like love uh, the wide variety of music as well. So you're an award-winning bass that's been around for a long time. I'm curious, what has been the best part of being a professional musician? What do you look forward to every day the most? Yeah, I, I do think the opportunity to grow every day, every week is is so wonderful. Like that, uh, that is kind of the point of, of doing this, I think. Yeah. Um, like there aren't really a lot of other points to doing this. It's kind of a strange career obviously yeah um but the opportunity to just learn from other musicians and to connect with other musicians and to to have the opportunity on a daily basis to be like i played this thing last night it kind of didn't work the way i wanted to or maybe it just made me it worked well but it made me think of what if that was taken in a new direction and to be able to just spend the next day kind of thinking about that and working on that is like that's that's such an amazing feeling and that that is what motivates me to to do that so talk to me a little bit about why you love jazz. I know you came to it late, but why do you love jazz? Yeah, I love it because of, I mean, actually kind of the same thing I just mentioned, this, the the emphasis in jazz on like each day, each moment is a new moment. And like, what are you going to do with it? And obviously you're bringing everything that you had before with you to that next moment, but the opportunity to constantly be looking for change to constantly be pushing for something new, to be able to express that moment individually, I think is just so amazing. And as like a kid who knew nothing, that was immediately the thing that that drew me to it. The yeah. like, oh, you're just 
kind of trying to find the next thing. And at a certain point that becomes actually, you're just expressing what you have in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and then that combined with the interaction, I think yeah. is, is so important to me that um, that's like really where the joy of playing the music comes from is like hearing somebody else responding to them, trying to give them something that's going to move them in a way, trying to take what they are giving you and see how that can move to somewhere new. I think th those are the things I love most about jazz. So at the end of the day, everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? As, as like a musician or? I think that Venn diagram kind of bleeds in together. So just kind of holistically. Yeah, I think uh, I'm someone who really loves to play music and loves to to be working on, on getting better and, and moving forward with things. And somebody who's trying to express and somebody who's trying to take what other people are giving me and interact in a way that moves to or towards a kind of more positive place. So it, what's coming up live show wise, we're in a new year, things are opening up. What What's the outlook for you? And you got a new album. How's all that coming together? Yeah. Um, so we've done with the quartet around this album, Gnosis, we've done a bunch of shows in the Midwest. We've got kind of our last of that sequence coming up this week. We're playing at Cliff Bells in Detroit. Uh, for a long weekend there, a Thursday through Sunday. So I'm really looking forward to that. We'll be playing some music from the album, and we'll also be playing some new compositions. Uh, later in May, I'll be playing, we'll we'll do some stuff on the East Coast, um, and I'm hoping to use that time to workshop some of these new compositions and then record a new album in the spring that would hopefully be released in the next uh, year or so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what's coming up with that. I think the I, I had this Meditations on Mingus project, which is a 10-person band that I've also been writing some new music for. So I expect to start kind of booking another cycle with that coming up. Uh, and then beyond that, I just keep playing with a, a wide variety of people in Chicago. So I play weekly at the Green Mill, which is a really wonderful venue with a kind of gypsy jazz band led by a guitarist. And uh, I play, I have a couple uh little tours and, and local things with this great singer, Alyssa Allgood coming up. Uh, she's got an album coming out in the, in the spring as well. So I'll be on some of her tours for that. And then just kind of other things in town, you know, there's always a wide variety of, of stuff happening. Right on. So where's the best place to pick the new album up, find out about live shows, anything about your world, where can people go? Yeah, I've got a website, ethanfillion.com. Uh, you can you can find links to the album there. You can also find it on Bandcamp. Uh, it's on all the streaming services. It was put out on Sunnyside Records, so you can order it on their shop or on Bandcamp. Okay. Uh, but generally, if you go to my website, I've got a mailing list there. Uh, and you can keep track. I'm like 70% good at posting all, all the shows that are coming up, which I think for a jazz musician is actually pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. Ethan, this has been great, man. Great to meet you. Thank you for taking time out. Best oh, of luck with the album. Have a great 2024. Thank you. You as well. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Chicago, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Ethan for his time and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, Enjoy the jazz, my friends.
Neon Jazz.